Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And well, people say a bit of thunder in the air is mighty for the ground, a bit of thunder and lightning for the nitrogen. They say. All oh, right. Yeah, but I didn't see lightning. Heard a bit of a rumble up the north. Did you? We didn't have thunder. much down the south at all. <laughs> no, it was all quiet. But it's been a bit of a mixed bag, and uh, you know, it was a tricky time as we spoke to you about uh, trying to get the silage done for farmers around the Isle of Man, wasn't it? And, it was. And. But the grass has come quite good now, though, Simon. A bit of heat about too, which is uh, hopefully going to help with the sugars and the yield of the crops. But it's getting those contractors, you know, when you want them before the next rain shower. And it is a bit of a tricky time for everyone juggling. Well, same old story. And they always want at the same time. And then, That's the trouble. Yeah, so I find out the latest from uh, dairy farmers at the... Uh, Balaf there from Ballaturson Farm, Barry and Edgar Cowan, uh, about the yield, the quality, and also uh, a multi million pound investment that uh, that's gone into the silage pit. Wow. I say in jest. <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, at Lyle Colm Killier. Oh, what a lovely event, Simon. And uh, like I say, children in abundance, young and old, all enjoying themselves. And what a great day of weather it was too. And uh, the, the sports were well underway, mums and dads, the egg and spoon race, just traditional things that make a fair day really special. And the smell of the sweet peas in the homegrown produce tent was just out of this world. It was mm. gorgeous. It's, it's, it's the sweet peas or when you walk in a greenhouse where the tomatoes are oh. growing isn't it you can't beat that you cannot so. you can't beat just homegrown produce and mm. some of the children were so proud of of their fruit arrangements you, you make a cauliflower into a, a little bunny and all these different things just being creative and um and the egg competition and the homemade cakes oh it was just fantastic something for everyone wasn't it absolutely all right um that's all in the countryside so here it is <laughs> has been a little bit wild but it's been a lovely growing spell though simon and the fields have really greened up at the minute plenty of tractors around too plenty of flies too isn't there goodness me yeah time to get the shearing done really the flies will mither awful otherwise yeah that's a word i haven't heard for a while mither but it's it's an important part isn't it the the shearing side of um the farming with the sheep um and it isn't really for the for the few pence you get for the fleeces now off the wall, is it? Not at all. It's a, a byproduct, but a very good byproduct that's not used enough, in my opinion. But no, shearing is essential to the welfare of the sheep. It'd be like us out there in a, a big quilt on a day like today, lovely and sunny, mm. and it just wouldn't be nice yeah, for them. That's all There'd be grubs in you. There'll be grubs <laughs> awful. <laughs> but um, the silage, uh, most have got done now. It was a tricky time, uh, and I found out all the details of the silage season from Derek farmers Barry and Edgar Cowan at Ballaturson Farm in Balaf. First of all, uh, I asked Barry, was the silage all done? Yeah, it's been nearly three weeks now. Um, bit of a headache to try and get it done with the weather. Um, People think, oh, just cut the grass when it's at its tallest, but it's not, it's not quite like that uh, from, from the great silage point of view, is it? No, you want to try and get it uh, at its best uh, quality value. Uh, nice, lush, green, uh, leafy rather than stalky, but uh, the way the weather was uh, broke a typical uh, practice week. And then uh, there was no, no two days the same, so we, all we need is three days 
to mow it one day and then start picking up the following two days uh, to get just over 90 acres in here at the moment. But I suppose, Barry, the, the you know, you can't, it's too early to tell, I suppose, about quality, but quantity must have been there. Yes, yeah, certainly quantity. We'll have over just over 2,000 tonne here in the three pits. We've never done first cut silage and filled three pits. So, uh, yeah, definitely got the quantity. Uh, quality, we'll have to wait in a few weeks when we, we do a sample and uh, get sent off to the lab and that'll give a breakdown then of, of what the uh, quality will be like. And I suppose it's stark contrast to last year when... <laughs> you know, it was, it yeah, was so so uh, warm and hot for yeah. ages. Yeah, I mean we we were down on yield last year, quite a way, because of the dry weather that we'd had all the way through from the end of April, right through May, um, and there was no question mark over when we were going to go last year because the way the weather was was going. Um, plus, I, I was going away beginning of June for a three week holiday, so. It had to be done before <laughs> before we left, but uh, yeah, we just uh, mowed it and and um, picked it up, and no problems. Yeah, and people be sort of wondering, well, the, the grass is the grass for them; it's not going to make any difference. You as a, a big dairy farmer, how much difference does it make the quality? It does make a big difference because this is your whole winter feed through the winter. So there's no point in making rubbish silage when you've got we uh, start carving in the autumn right through the winter into the next spring. So we need to be uh, feeding quality feed for them to uh, to gain the, the milk output from yeah, them. Yeah, the better quality. Are you getting more yield? Yeah. Um, like, like you said before, no two years are the same, so... Um, since we've been on the robots anyway our average litre per cow from went from about seven and a half thousand litres um, and we went within the first year we went up to just over 10 really yeah, yeah. and we're running now at about uh, just over 11 no. happy with things in that side of it then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you, you didn't run out last year when there was a bit of a panic on with with the silage, we were this springtime. We were literally at the dregs before turnout. Mm. Uh, there, there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't a lot, an awful lot left at all. Like mm. last summer, that we were this time last year, we were feeding first cut silage uh, right through till when we got a second cup when the grass regrowth uh, at the end of September, which made up for what we'd use between uh, the end of June through till September so yeah we were thankful for that Edgar um, the silage pits for years been covered with black plastic I would say and tyres in lots of cases you've been, been developing a or getting a sort of multi-million pound <laughs> um, answer to help the silage, haven't you? Well, I don't know about multi-million, Ben, but, but uh, it'd be nice to think that. But 
Uh, yeah, we've been reading quite a bit about using cling film underneath the black plastic. Not not the cling film you'd buy in the supermarket. It's very it's very similar, but it's a lot tougher and uh, thicker than that. But it, um, I we didn't realise how much oxygen uh, escapes from the pit through the black plastic. And it was only by reading magazines and talking to a fellow that used to advise on the silage that we realised that this um, oxygen was escaping. So we, they advised us to put the cling film on underneath. And it's amazing when you actually, when you finish rolling and roll the cling film out, which is not all that expensive, um, it seems to the warmth seems to suck it down onto the silage and then you put the black plastic sheet on top of it and then the green um, woven cover on the top and it hasn't we haven't hardly put any tyres on it at all this year and it's hardly moved the suction seems to be in there but I would say that'll remain to be seen when we come to take it out but yes, the the important thing, I suppose, for for people who don't know much about silage, what's the the oxygen thing to do with? Uh, well, it, it was the heat is it uses up energy out of the silage. Um, but you want I'm, heat in it? No, no, and you're trying to get the heat mm. to fermentation properly, and uh, but no, you don't want it to get uh, uh, hot. But it's it's uh, it's fermented reasonably well from what we've had because we've taken some out for the cows now, and it seems to be fermented pretty good. But I'm saying there, uh, you won't know till you actually get it tested and see how the we get going in the winter time with us. See how the cows milk on it. I can't imagine there'd be a fantastic amount of milk in it, but. Um, Quantity is probably an issue as well because uh, when you've got a lot of two hundred odd head of stock to feed in the winter time, it you need plenty as well. There's no use having a, a half a pit full of rocket fuel and then running out in February. <laughs> so uh, no, and I suppose one of the things too, though, if it's helping to, to keep the the pit nice and tight and you know and and weatherproof, you know the Isle of Man weather. I suppose uh, what what you could lose is a load of silage if it all blew off, isn't it? Well, it's the waste on the top and on the shoulders, uh, which we've had over the years. And it's always difficult um, with a bank uh, pit to get actually the silage uh, rolled properly on the edges. And you will always get that bit of waste. Um, but hopefully we'll try and eradicate some of that this year. We don't get an awful lot, but it's when you come to look at it in detail and the silage judging and all, it's... Um, it's much nicer when you don't actually see any waste around the edges and on the top. And, of course, we have to keep the, the green uh, woven cover on the top to keep the blooming jackdaws out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, they peck holes in the black sheet, uh, but they've got a job to do that with that. <laughs> so, uh, well, Edgar and, before that, Barry Cowan from Ballaturson Farm in Balaf telling us about the, the silage plenty of it this year uh, remains to be seen obviously when the silage gets analysed at the labs doesn't it to actually see what the content of it is and plus Edgar telling me about the, the new cling film that they've got sitting on top of the, the silage as well, have you heard about all of that? No, uh, no. It's like a well you heard it there, the cling film um, instead of just putting the, the black tarpaulin on which sort of flaps about and this cling film sits on it and the heat sort of keeps it in tighter to the to the to the um, bale, isn't it? Silage bale. I don't know what they call this. 
What's the clamp? The silage clamp, yeah. That's the one I was trying to think of. <laughs> yeah, but it's such a, an important part. And as Barry was saying, you know, it can make such a difference to the to the yield of the cow's milk as well. You know, whether you're getting the good silage or the or the not so good stuff. But uh, he was he was good as well. He just had enough last year as well, just to just to get through the season after a tricky one. So yeah, it was a good back end really, and winter so the you know animals weren't so hungry as they could have been, especially after that drought. It was difficult last year, but this year at Easter time there, there was a good bit of drying, and it did hamper the grass a bit. You followed some of the advisory things online, and uh, one of the the companies was saying that you know it, on the graph it did dip off and and lull. So silage was maybe a bit later this year, but it's very very important to get it right and plenty of sunshine and get the sugars right for, for like you say the yield of the milk and the production of beef as well mm. so it's a very very tricky part getting them three consecutive days and <laughs> I suppose everyone wanted it done that day that's the trouble oh it? this is it the contractors will be sitting quiet then all of a sudden the phones will go and around this island it's just mayhem it is You're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and Simon Clark. And, well, big event down Arbury Way last weekend, Kiri. Oh, a lovely traditional event. The Lark Column Killier and the children there were in abundance. You know, the sports, the home produce, oh, the arts and crafts. Serious competition, the handwriting classes, Simon. Mm. But is it, it Lair or Lair? Or? Well, mm. this is to be debated. <laughs> I think it's Lair Column Killier, but I'll uh, be sand to be corrected. But you went along and... Uh, caught up with quite a few people on the day. That's right. The friary was busy doing silage that day, and I didn't think I'd see Noel Kringle, but sure enough, he was there, and I caught up with Noel and friends, and uh, I started off with Brian Ray. Brian Ray, what a beautiful day we have here for Lark Column Killier this evening, and what a fantastic turnout! Brilliant, isn't it? It's absolutely fabulous. The sun's shining, it's blue sky from horizon to horizon. We couldn't have asked yeah. for better. We had a few years. <laughs> slightly damp weather well it was all 80s fault of course but um, but the last two have been good last year was too hot this year is just perfect it's just perfect and there are so many people here and you can tell by the noise around us that they're all having a good time they really are but what makes people come back to the fair year on year I think um, I think that one of the key ingredients is Arbury School because not for me but for many of the people here they will have been pupils at Arbury School and Arbury School is an integral part of Lake Column Killia. It, it, it takes part in all sorts of ways, as you've seen this afternoon with the dancing. There's a whole marquee full of the children's work, which they all compete quite avidly for prizes. And their prize money is fabulous, like a pound if it's a first prize. You know, it doesn't even buy an ice cream. But, <laughs> but it, you get a certificate and, you, you know, and they look forward to it with such enthusiasm. And I think we're lucky too, I'm digressing a little bit, but I think we're lucky too that we've got a parish school so we can all identify with the parish and it's, I think local identity is a hugely important part of making life work well. They really, really are. But I see, Brian, your name is on the past winning trophy of the potatoes section too. A few times, but not this year. Mine were rubbish this year. In fact, I'm ashamed to go and have a look. I hope that, well, fortunately, most of the, um, the cards have your name turned down unless you won, so I'll be okay, hopefully. <laughs> What's your favourite part of Lake Holm Killick, Brian? It used to be the whole putting it together thing and taking part in all the work parties and all the banter that went with that and um, the trips to Castle trying to pick things up and then finding that the store was locked and you could go to the pub and things like that. But <laughs> uh, the, these days, I think it's just I think it's just, this, this, just enjoying this community get-together. It's like a big parish party, isn't it? It really is. And one of the 
points I noticed in your opening speech, Brian, was the fact that every year since it has been the band that's been in attendance. Yeah, yeah, they have Castletown Band. The, the record tells us they came the first year. I don't know how many of them there would have been. Would have they'd have had to get the train because in 1912, well, it would be buses perhaps. But anyway, the train to Bollebeg from Castletown and then a long march from Bollebeg Station to Colby and back to here. Um, yeah, so. This all started in 1912, um, a little bit of history. So I think the year previous there was um, a coronation, a UK coronation, and they had a parish party to celebrate that in the vicar's garden, I think it was. Um, and a year later they thought, that was pretty good. And so one or two of the parish elders got together and thought, I know, we'll, we'll reinstate St. Um, like Columba's Day and have the have a, an annual party on on saying well the day nearest to saint columbus day it is so it would i mean years ago there would have been many years ago long before they come started there would have been a quarter day fairs and um, so it's kind of kind of modeled on that really but it's essential for like you say before for community to yeah. for the spirit uh, keeping everybody entertained and, and you know it's very very special to the parish absolutely yeah it's unique we think and um, Noel, Noel Kring, that is, would tell you that this is the premier parish in the Isle of Man. <laughs> the premier parish. I'll say it twice just to, just to underline it. No, absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of the day, Brian. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I'm off to get an ice cream now. Good stuff. Yeah. Katie Rose, what a lovely job you had here today at Lark Holm Killian. Now, tell our audience what you've been doing. Well, I had to say a speech, um, dress up nicely. Uh, what else? Be genuine. A princess. Yeah, basically. Um, at school, they decided to choose... There was five of us girls, and they came into school. I'm in year six, um, so... Year six girls only. And they came in, and we had to say a speech in front of the school. And then um, they chose my two attendants, Brescia and Brianna, and then they chose me. Oh, wow, what a privilege it must be to be the princess of Lark Column Killian. Yes, it really is. Um, and to think it's been running for so many years. Do you know what number princess you are? 38 or 37. I think I'm 38. Yeah. And what did you have to do today, you know, in preparation and obviously arriving at the Fairfield? Well, <laughs> we went on the back of a truck. It's a really shiny red truck, so that's cool. Um, and then I wrote my speech, obviously, and I went away to pick out my dress. It's actually my cousin's first communion dress. Um, it's absolutely stunning, and it really does match your tiara here. It's such a beautiful day, and the diamantes are shining on both your head and on your dress. Is, is that something special, to feel like a princess? Well, yes, it really is. It's been my dream for a really, really long time. Like, whenever I was little, I was the little flower girl. So I was like, it was just been my dream since then. The fair, it's got sports, it's got homemade crafts. Do you think it's really, really important this day for Arbury? Yes, it's like our national day almost. Whenever Arbury really came a community. And you think community is important? Yes, I'm all about community spirit. <laughs> when we were at primary school together, Dot and I were, come on, Dorothy. In the fancy dress. In the fancy dress, come on. Darby and Joan. Darby and Joan. <laughs> and here we are today, still on the field in Columbia, suddenly enjoying it. 
Yes. Yeah. Beautiful day, isn't it? Yeah. Couldn't be a better day. So there you are, you see. My goodness. That proves that Arby School was still involved in the column kill here when we were kids, Dot. Yeah, we're not Absolutely. saying how many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and have either of you got entries in this produce tent today? Oh, yes. Of course. I did last year. I haven't this year, yeah. I'm afraid. No, we, we've got, I've got spud entries in, I've got potato entries in and cabbage entries in. Uh, not successful with the cabbage, reasonably successful with the potatoes. Oh, very uh, good. But there we are. My, my better half, my better half has, has, I see, I've just noticed there, has just won the Home Guard Cup for the potatoes. So, well done, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she do it and, all herself and in, there. And in fairness, she looked after them herself. Uh, the potatoes were grown in a tub and she's looked after them, so well done. Have you got any cakes in this year? No, no cakes in Dot. And there is a fine display of cakes, Dot, isn't there? there yes, is. there is. Yes. 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 One of them impresses me is always Cody Clegg, isn't he? Cody Clegg, genuine farmer from the north of, from the west of the Isle of Man. Gordy does everything. And you walk around here today, apart from the vegetables, see all the cake prizes he's won. Ah. Can't get over it, no. Maybe he should give up his farm and, and a, take up this. No, he's a genius, that fellow. He really is a hard-working man. Yeah. Well done, Gordon. There we go. <laughs> and what, Dot, what's your favourite cake along here? There's a heck of a display of them. I haven't looked at these yet, but I, I do like Kiri's, um, or Brisha's, um fairy cakes. I like cream cakes. <laughs> you can see. And me too. <laughs> well, Brisha Jenkins and, and Kiri Jenkins are both here in an array of uh, entries. Yes. yes, they are. Yes, um, Kiri nice. takes well, part in it. Yeah. Um, photography, she's very good with the photography. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When you're putting this on the radio, Kiri, because Dot will want to listen to herself, it's the first time she'll have done that. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Belvedere, when we had Belvedere oh, yeah. nursing home, oh, Fort St Mary. Oh, but that's a while, We did a record, yes, a number of years ago. Yeah, oh, and why not? But exactly. today, Noel, is a very important day. Long may it continue? Oh, too right. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're in the premier parish of the Isle of Man, there's no question about that. Uh, Arbury Parish is a premier parish, and as it happens, of course, Bollabeg is the most important village of the two in the, in the parish. No, no, Colby. No, no, but Colby? I don't live in Colby anymore, de but I was de born de in Colby. Definitely Bollabeg. Bollabeg has a parish one. school. Bollabeg. <laughs> going to be a debate here no, forever. No, no, so no, what no. Larkhan Killy used to be in? Colby won the okay. Ballabeg and no, the next year. No, it was in Ballabeg and then Colby stole it for a year and we, we, we no, brought it back again. more than one year. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the history yeah. on the two villages? Yes. Well, the history on the two villages is very straightforward, really. It's a, they, They've both grown in size. Colby grew a lot quicker than Ballabeg grew. And, of course, Colby's got a lot of uh, additional housing, Ballacry, Ballastruan, Ballacrink, all the housing estates in Colby village before really the Friday Park came to Bollabeg. So, um, and is that why the fair was moved over towards Bollabeg no, or was no, it just no, shared? Really. No, no, we were, no, we were, we were arguing over where it would be and, where, and who would hold it before any of those estates well, were built. Of course it's connected with the parish church. Yeah, it all started with the parish, Arby Parish Church, didn't it? And, uh, yeah. So that's why, really, it was, I suppose, Ballabeg to begin with, wasn't it? You're carrying, you're carrying your, your programme in your hand, young lady. I have and read that it. Means, oh, you have read I it? Have. Oh, well, that's, that makes a change. I'm wondering why you're not involved in the sports, though, no? Because the school sports down there, and I've had enough to do today, thank you. <laughs> 
But, but I will run a three-legged race with you tonight if you will run with me. I certainly will. You will? I will. It might be the a bit challenge, slow. Manx to Radio, stay and watch that. Manx Radio, the challenge is down. <laughs> Irene, you're now the vicar of Arbury in Castletown and you've been on the Isle of Man just over a year? Uh, yes, just over a year. I came in uh, February uh, last year. Um, so it's been an amazing time since I uh, arrived. This is my second Lake Colin Killier. And what do you think of today's celebrations? It's absolutely fantastic. I think just the... Um, the community atmosphere, the people getting together, just looking at the exhibits all around us are absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's, you know, it's just lovely to celebrate with everyone and uh, to, to bring the community together. And for you, you, you're new to the Isle of Man. What do you, what do you think of it in general? Well, I'm not actually that new to the island. Um, my husband is a Manxman and he uh, he was born here he can trace his family back here to the to the uh, 17th century at least um, so um, we first came over I first came over um, with him when we were married um, just before we were married in about the 1980s um, but uh, I came uh, here as a as a student training for ordination um, 27 years ago um, and uh, to uh, the parish of um, Castletown. So I've come full circle now as, a, <laughs> as the vicar of Arbury in Castletown. I, uh, I came here on my training um, back in 1994. It's an incredible journey, isn't it? Yeah. And, and has things changed much here? They say it's trade allure. <laughs> things have changed, but part of the charm, I think, and the great about being on the island is the fact that... Um, you know that, that actually things change at a slower pace, and I think sometimes for the for the good rather. You know, so you know it's lovely to come somewhere where is there is a real sense of community and where people um, really look after one another and care for one another. And you know, I just I'm just enjoying living here now, and wish I'd come a bit earlier, really. <laughs> But it is really lovely to have you, and to have a female vicar as well. Yes. You know, this is this is very modern. <laughs> there are a few of us on the island now. Um, I'm not the only one, uh, but yes, it's it, there are a few of us around, and it's uh, it's just good to have a ministry here and to uh, to serve the communities I serve, and so I'm loving every minute of it. He does the talk because he's two and he's two. Go on, so what is it? So Hampton. Hampton Oats. Yeah. Hampton Oats, go on. He comes over to the Alabama regularly to, to, to visit Column Killia. Now, Hampton's father was a blacksmith in the, in the village of Bollabeg here. And John Curvy here uh, was brought up in the, in the Bollabeg post office just a few hundred yards down the road. And we all played together in the village. So get those two talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hamza, you don't live on the Isle of Man, No, then? I don't, know. And you come every year to Lark Hollam? Well, I'll try to get over for it, yeah. My sister's in uh, Castleview Nursing Home, so we oh, come over and see her. Oh, tie it all in together. Yeah. Yeah. We, we usually try to fit it in with Colin Kelly, yeah. yeah. So, so you were born on the Isle of Man, oh, yeah. then? Oh, yeah. And so you'll born remember this with Noel and, and John? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. and how's much changed? Well, I think everything's better organised. The, <laughs> the races get going quicker than they used to. <laughs> but your family history goes back. The Oates was the, the blacksmith of the village. Uh, well, yes, there weren't many Oates blacksmiths in the village, but they were in Balasala and before that in Santon for a long time. Yeah. I think 
part of my family goes yeah, back exactly, to the Kerry, yeah. part of my family goes back to the blacksmiths as well in, in Bellasal. No, you'll probably tell me more than I know about this. <laughs> no, and so there was a bit of rivalry, was there then, between Colby and Bollebeck? Well, not so much in my day, I don't think, was it, John? John, uh, you're going to tell me a bit yes, about yeah. this. Uh, Go on, what happened then? <laughs> I don't think anything happened, it's just that... Um, I, I don't know. We <laughs> <laughs> well, the beg was the centre of the universe, as Mr Kringle always says. Was so <laughs> well, you didn't agree? I didn't agree with Col uh, Colby getting Lark Hollum kill you, no, because it was Bollebeg Fair. Oh, OK, I see. Started off, was it, through the church and whatever. Yeah. But they... They whinge that much about it. They got it in the end, and now they can't. They haven't got a field to stage it now, so they've all come back here. Oh, I see. Now this is the real truth about the matter. But I do believe that you weren't allowed to court a lady from the different village. Well, is this true, or is Noel pulling my leg? I don't think I would have taken a Colby girl to the pictures. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back a number of years the, the the carry on between the two but isn't it brilliant though to see that the fair still carried on Hampton? okay yeah and it's um, time, it's time Hampton, they called it Lake Hallam Curly too not yeah, La yeah, oh go on Hampton, so that the Hampton came over and was our opener here how many years ago 20, 2013 I think it was 2013 he, yeah. he came he came over and was our official opening here on this field. And it was a terrible day too. It was wet, it was very wet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had to adjourn to the school, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, it was in the school. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've had a good day today, Ham. Oh yes, yeah. perfect. Yeah. His name is Hampton, but we call him Ham. <laughs> yeah. Brian Cool, as a fair goer, what does this day mean to you? Well, it, it goes back a long way to when I was a child. I, I came to the fair here. There was a fancy dress then. And I, I had to wear tights. <laughs> May I ask what you were? Robin Hood. <laughs> but I was also told by the headmaster not to sing, just to move my lips. And I've never sang since, you know. Can't Do you think, think they were saying something there, Brian? They, they were definitely saying something, Gary. Definitely saying something. But this is the nicest day I've been here, actually. It's rained every other year I've been here. My goodness. Do you think it's important for the younger generations to, to come to a day like this? Well, I think it definitely is important, uh, actually. A little bit of history goes back a long, a long way in the time, and uh, I think it is important, and the longer it keeps going on, the better. And have you taken part in any of the home produce, the handmade crafts? No, not this year at all, no, 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 not for a long, long time. A serious competition in there, though. Very serious. I haven't been to that tent yet. Well, there's a running race going on behind us. I hope you got your running shoes ready. No, I haven't, Heather. But if you want to, if, if I can chase you, we'll see. Uh, if I can chase you, we might get somewhere, mightn't we? I was Brian Ray, Katie Rose Hughes, the Princess, Noel Gringle, and Dot Davies, the Vicar of Castletown and Arbury, Irene Cowell, Hampton Oates, John Curfee, and Brian Cool. Goodness me, anything left on the tape by the time you got through all that lot. But it sounded a, a, a great day, and say it's, it's a tradition that it's had a, a good revival over recent times, I would say, hasn't it? It really has. It was a real special day, and that's one thing that all of the fairgoers were saying. You know, they, they want to go because of the community spirit, and for the younger generations to be involved is so important to keep these traditions going. <laughs> Well, 
Well, there we are. Silage and Lacolum Killia. Don't think there was any silage competition at the Lacolum Killia, though, was there? No, but it no. was important that the silage was taken off the field before the yeah, fair could go underway. So uh, I think they've been busy down there in the last spell of weather getting that tidied up. But a lot of work goes into preparing the fair field for the tents and, and just having the ground nice for everyone, too. Yeah. And it was lovely that you managed to speak to such a variety mm. of people that were there. That's right. And the, the years of history that was coming out and just it was fascinating to hear the rivalry between the Colby field and the Bollabeg field. Stuff I never even knew of, but to them, very important. And and taking a minute out of their day to talk to us, uh, very grateful. Makes countryside worthwhile, doesn't it? Definitely. Hope you enjoyed the programme. Um, don't forget, we're back next uh, week with more from the countryside. So from me, Simon Clark. And me, Cleary Kermit. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.